Tuesday Night Mystery Club. Hello and welcome to the Tuesday Night Mystery Club. I'm your host, Caitlin McCleskey, and today I'm joined for the fourth time by my boyfriend, Michael Borello. Hi, Michael. Hello. How are you? I'm good. So today we've got a couple of things. First off, this mystery... Not very good whodunit. It's another Dorothy L. Sayers, and I don't. I just find that like they're good stories, but there's no guessing. Like you kind of just know what's going to happen, and then it explains it, which is fine. My kind of book. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just going to talk through it, and if we'll see, we'll see what Michael thinks about everything. All right. Um, the second thing is this is the first week that I'm transitioning to a uh, instead of doing a long episode every week, I am now doing a short story one week and then a long episode the next week and alternating because I have started a new job and I'm too busy, which is too bad. But this way, if you like long podcasts, you'll get one every two weeks. And if you like short podcasts, we've compromised and you also get one every two weeks, right? Yep. (laughs) Michael's enthused. You can't shrug on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And anyways, last thing this week's tea recommendation, because we're doing a Dorothy L. Sayers and her like main detective is Lord Peter Whimsey, who is like super British. I've just, I've decided to drink English breakfast tea. So that's what me and Michael are drinking. Right, Michael? Yep. Again, he nodded first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is fourth time for the podcast, but Michael's adjusting. Okay. <laughs> so this book starts out with the, uh, there's... Our main detective, Lord Peter Whimsey, is a part of this egoists club, which is like a fancy club in London where you don't necessarily have to be rich to join. You just have to be cultured. And what that means is like, you know, you choose the right cigar to drink with your whiskey. Or in one guy's case, he's like, whiskey and a cigar, no beer and a cigarette for me. And just like, they're like... Classy. Yeah, no, 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 sorry. Beer and a pipe. And they're like, correct. That is what you would drink with beer or what you would smoke with beer is a pipe what would you uh drink or smoke with whiskey michael i smoke with whiskey i'm trying to think of something worse than beer and cigarette um (laughs) what's what's less uh yeah wait 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 i got one maybe like coke and meth (laughs) that's definitely less classy yeah okay (laughs) good one it's fine. I thought it was funny. That's all that's important. All right. Eric Wong, get back to us. Was it funny? So, okay. Uh, what was the, some Lord fancy party have to be cultured kind of? Yeah. You, his name's Lord Peter Whimsey. All right. And he doesn't start off in the story. It's, it's uh, honestly, I'm going to say that a couple of names aren't super important, but I'll tell them to you. So it's, it's a particular evening. This dude, Masterman. Mm-hmm. He's brought in a guest, which you can do. And apparently Masterman sometimes brings cool guests, sometimes brings like terrible guests. And so the whole club is always on edge about what's it going to be this time. I like him. Yeah, he's fun. And so this time he's brought in this man um, named Varden. And it's a good guest. He's picked a good guy. He's like, you know, he drinks the right whiskey or whatever. I don't know what's important to these people. But he's a, um, he's a movie star. I don't know if he's a star, but he does movies in, in he's American. So he's come over from there. Mm-hmm. And let's say there's like around eight people in this smoking room within the club. And 
that they're just hanging and telling stories. And I think this, the stories they're telling is like ridiculous things that have happened to them on the street. So one guy is like, yeah, I was walking through London one evening and I saw a woman laying dead in the street with a knife in her side. And I went to go help her, but there was a policeman standing there. And the policeman told me, if you know what's best for you, you'll go away. Corruption. Like, Sick. Yeah. It's like that kind of story where you could only do... It's weird things that have happened that are kind of inexplicable. Okay. So Varden starts to tell... I don't know how they get exactly to this point, but he starts to tell this story of something strange that had happened to him when he was in New York one year before the war. So I think this this story takes place after World War One, like the, the book. And so Varden is telling a story that started before the war. So it's been several years. Okay. Um, so he was... If he was a movie star, like it still would have been like Hollywood, so he would have been in California most times. So coming to New York was kind of a big deal. And he was talking about this guy who made sculptures, and his name was Loder, Mr. Loder. And at the time, he had been like pretty famous. And it was either, it was like his sculptures were either something that you thought were beautiful or you thought were disgusting. Like he really, yeah. he's very, um, what's that called? Uh, subjective or like black and white? Yeah. Um, controversial? maybe controversial but that that type of idea where like he sparked a lot of <clears throat> a lot of talk yeah so he was interesting so lauder had seen this guy varden who's telling the story and one of his movies which they call apollo comes to new york not important but i just maybe someone's interested in these movie titles and lauder had wanted to meet varden and so i think I think I think Varden had been in some movie. Maybe this movie was about a a statue that comes to life, and okay. so we thought it would be great publicity to go see Lauder and mm -hmm. like you know get in with that crowd for his movie. He's always talking about publicity, which yeah. I think is like supposed to be like that's the stereotype of actors. So he goes to so he goes to like I basically goes to live with Lauder at his like mansion that's like just outside of New York. Yeah. And um, he talks about how beautiful it was, and it was just like fantastic architecture and like that kind of thing. But that he kept some of his statues in the house, and some of them were just like incredibly, like not offensive, but just like offensive to the eye. Like you looked at, you're like, oh, what is disgusting? Otherwise known as ugly. <laughs> yeah, no, but it has to. Be, it's it's not ugly. It's stronger than that. Like it's worse. Okay. And. He kind of talks about that Lauder kind of made him feel he it's weird wording and so I I know it's like one of those things where maybe in 1928 when this story was written you'd know what they were talking about but it's he's telling rude stories and then Varden goes of course like I don't mind hearing rude or lewd stories sometimes but it was just the way that he would stare you in the eye the entire time he told it to you and so I imagine it's sexual it's like I don't know I imagine like it's like boys club you go talk about like you've had sex with i don't know or like that kind of story except he stared at you with eye contact the entire time he told the story dude sounds like a weirdo yeah uh so he, he was just he would do that sometimes and so varden was saying he'd get kind of uncomfortable and he had this mistress not that he was married i don't know why they call her a mistress but i guess maybe just because they weren't married and it's 1928 and so right 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 you're living with someone and you're not married it's your mistress. Anyways, her name is Maria Murano. And she had come from, I think, South America somewhere. They don't specify. So she's the mistress of who? Lauder, the sculptor. Oh, the weird dude. Yeah. Okay. So Varden's kind of describing her as 
Lauder would like use her as a muse all the time where she'd just be in the room with like fig leaves and Lauder really liked to like parade her around and was like basically proud of her like okay. that he this was like an accomplishment for him yeah but he made all of these sculptures in her likeness mm -hmm. and part of it was like you would say that she was she her body like her figure was perfect everything was perfect except for her like her one what toe on her right foot that was shorter than all the other toes and so whenever he like sculpted her he would correct that like he'd fix it yeah so the, the relationship between them, I think, is Maria talks to, Var to Varden while he was staying there during that period that what she really wanted was to get married, settle down, own her own restaurant, and have four boys. But she's with this dude who, like, clearly of different lifestyles. But Varden kind of says they, they definitely, they both cared for each other. Okay. So at, at a certain point, he goes back. Oh, he says he, when the war... The war had already been going on, but the United States hasn't hadn't entered the war yet. Yeah. And so when the U.S. entered, Varden had said, I was eager to sign up. Like, I, I had told myself as soon as the U.S. declared war, I was going to sign up. Okay. So, love interest between Maria Murano and Varden. No, Lauder. What? No, 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 no. I thought you said that... Maria Morano was Lauder's mistress, but she want, wanted to do something different than what Lauder wants to do. Oh, she tells that to Varden, but she's not saying, I want to do this with Varden. Oh. She's saying, like, that's my dream. Well, that's a big difference. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's simple. He's just going to off this other guy and take yeah. his wife-ish. Kind of. So, so after the war, at some point, it's a few years that Varden's finally been able to go, like, hang with Lauder again. And Lauder's been, like, really wanting him to come over. Right. And so he greets them, and how, it, how it, I think they work it out is Lauder, or not Lauder, excuse me, Varden, the movie star, was going to go film a movie in Australia. Yeah. But he had, like, three weeks off that he could go stay with Lauder. And okay. Lauder wanted to sculpt him. He, want, he had said he had, like, some idea of, like, an athletic something or other like pose that he wanted to do and that um Varden had like the perfect body for it okay so that's it's like they've got this these three weeks to do it something along those lines so Lauder wants to use Varden as a movie star while mm -hmm. he's on vacation yeah basically right I uh, know as a as a as a as a muse yeah sorry as a uh, sit still and paint him <laughs> sculpt him carve him yeah 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 you got it spicy Okay, so that's going on, and or it hasn't started. Basically, Varden gets to this mansion, and Lauder, clearly looking sad, Maria's not around, and so he asks, like, what happened to Maria? And he he kind of says she had left him. And so Varden is honestly surprised because he had heard that story that she wanted to go off, like, you know, and have a restaurant or whatever, but he didn't think she had the initiative. Yeah. Like, it seemed like she was pretty happy being with this rich man who could, like, spoil her. Yeah. So he, when when Varden had been there in the first place, Lauder had been carving a nymph sculpture and using Maria as the muse for the nymph. And so Varden asks, "Oh well, were you able to finish the nymph?" And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, I got the nymph done, and actually one more sculpture of her that I'll show you that before she left." Okay, what's a nymph? Like a like a forest fairy type thing. Okay. Like like mythical creature. Okay. Style of thing. So after dinner, they go into the smoking room and 
but he's showing him this this piece that he the last piece that he had done of the sculpture and so it's this cd or something like something that's like a low couch in front of the fireplace and on it it's this like you know beautiful wood cast in silver and then this the sculpture of maria is basically sitting on the couch yeah and it's got like cushions on and you basically like sit on her (laughs) on the couch i know it's really creepy and Varden kind of goes like, I'm not sitting on that. But Lauder like gets right down. Like, it's like his place. Like, it's very creepy. Yeah. But there you go. That's what's happening. Is that what you want in your house, Michael? Definitely not. <laughs> Hopefully there's two of them. One for you, one for me. We can have each other's sculptures. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. How, what, what do you think is going to happen? Like, basically, at this point, you kind of need to know, which is ridiculous. That's that's what I'm talking about. What? Yeah. That's, Someone's going to die. Kind of. I know, I know. There's no way you could know what's happening. I don't, Like, it's it's just a differently written story. It's not like a whodunit. Okay. But you, So don't actually guess, because we have so many more pages left, because I'm going to just describe it to you. So just, like, what's your what's your take on everything? Like, the one, you could say, this is a long story to be telling in a smoking room. How does he have everyone's attention still? Nothing's happened. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. There's just eight men silently smoking while this guy talks. Yeah, and I mean, the entire story has basically been that he met some creepy guy who makes sculptures and, who makes sculptures and his mistress left him. That's been the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so kind of this. And so we are, we're getting to like the exciting part. Okay, I, basically all I want to say is I agree with you. Nothing's happened. I don't see how you could tell what's going to happen. Okay, we're on the same page. I mean, to be fair, the creepy guy who makes sculptures does seem like a character. Yeah. Okay, there you go. That's fair. So Varden is at like in the mansion. He's alone in the smoking room. And he's just hanging out because um, Lauder had to get... So Lauder was also going away. So when Varden left for Australia... Lauder was supposed to be going to Europe. Like, he was going on a trip as well. Okay. Not for business, I don't think. And so he was getting his stuff, like, his stuff together. He had to see a businessman about, like, the trip. Like, getting, I don't know, a passport or something. And so he was out of the house, and he had let his servants go to a show that evening. Okay. So Varden's alone in the house. Are we going to find out that this creepy sculpture of, uh, what's her name, Maria, is actually just, like, her body or something, and he, like, plated her in silver? Ew. Well, so, so Varden's sitting there alone, and then suddenly he hears a voice go, are you Mr. Varden? And he, he kind of is like, are you going to take, like, what does he say? You have the advantage of me, which is a weird way of, like, saying, like, you know who I am. I don't know who you are. Yeah. Right? And so it's, it ends up being this guy who basically says, like, you need, you need to get out of this house right now. You need to go away now. And Varden's like what is going on? Like, how'd you even get into this house? And the guy goes, well, I picked the lock. And <laughs> um, he he kind of explains to him a little bit, like, uh, this creepy, not this creepy, this 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 mysterious man explains to him, Lauder has never forgiven you for you, like, hooking up with Maria. And Varden's like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. that's not a thing. And the mystery man goes, oh, my mistake. Like, I'm sorry if I'm inferencing things, but, like, uh, Lauder thinks that you were Maria Morano's lover and the last time you were here. And he says, Maria never left the house. 
Yeah, I told you. <laughs> and so this mystery man is basically saying, if you don't get out at this moment, you'll never leave the house either. Yeah. And so Varden is kind of going, what is going on? And mystery man goes, did you ever examine the toes of that sitting woman on the like sculpture on the CD couch thing? Yeah. Did you notice that one of the toes is shorter than the others, even though Lauder never sculpted Maria without like without extending her toe to make it perfect? Yeah. So he's like, isn't this creepy? And then he picks up a fire poker and breaks her arm off. And wouldn't you know it, there's a dried up fleshy arm inside the skull. Oh, so it was her. Yeah. Hey, I called it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It, so it's gross. He literally takes the arm off and it's. Yeah, whatever, the silver-plated silver copper. So at this point, everyone in the smoking room, like, jump back to Varden's telling this story, is like... Bye. Yo, he's got to win. Nobody can out-weird this story. <laughs> in the co- competition of weird stories. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think I think someone comes, another person comes into the room at this point. Yeah. You want to take a guess at who it is? Uh, is it the, is it water? Who do you think the mystery man is as well? Oh, I have no idea. Okay. So everyone's kind of going... Like a butler or something, maybe? Okay. So he... So Varden goes, when I saw that, you bet you bet you I ran out of that house. And so he gets out of the house and there was a car waiting. And so initially he jumps into the car and then realizes, what if the mystery man was all trapped? So he jumps out of the car and just runs to the train station. <laughs> where miraculously, like, it turns out his bags have been forwarded to him at the train station. So he's able to just leave and he goes to Australia. And so he's kind of saying... It's pretty crazy, but he has no idea who... He, he never saw that mystery man again, and he never saw Lauder again. Yeah. Like, that was the end of it. So he's just kind of like, I, I'm i not really sure what happened. Okay, so just to clarify, we're basically halfway through this story. Really? It kind of feels like it's over, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what do you think is going to happen now? Or what do you think about everything? Uh... Also, it might not be silver-plated. It might be something else. I think someone asks that, but I, I figure you and I have no idea what's going on, and no one listening to this is going to either, so I'm not going to explain <laughs> it any better. Um, so he never sees Lauder or the mysterious dude again. No, and he has no idea who the mysterious man is. Huh. Weird. I don't really know where the story's going. Is he going to go to Australia and then, like, see some... Or, like, meet somebody who knows this Mr. Lauder guy or something? Hmm. Or, I don't know, is this mysterious guy just going to continue to be his guardian angel? Okay. I don't know. I like it. Okay. So, so he finishes his story and there's a bunch of questions obviously asked about like, are you trying to tell us there was a skeleton inside this like thing? Like Everyone's asking questions and then... I too am curious about the logistics. Yeah, we can talk about that later. I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> but the... Uh, that man who had come into the room quietly a few minutes ago speaks up and goes, Hello, Varden, you might remember me. Is it the dude? Of course, it's the mystery man who also is our detective, Lord Peter Whimsey. Oh. It It has to all tie in. So he kind of says, maybe you guys would like to hear from my point of view. And everyone's like, yeah, get on with it. And then he starts to like, he he's he's one of those people that, you know, likes to make everything more detailed and like, like yeah. add a lot of fluff in. And one of the guys shuts him up and is like, cut it, go to the story. <laughs> yeah. And Whimsy's like, fine. <laughs> yeah. Big eye roll. Yeah. Michael's, Michael's one of those guys that just adds in so much fluff. He can't get to the point ever. That's so untrue. 
You're distracted. I was waiting for you to defend yourself. <laughs> okay, I'm joking. Michael's the opposite. Straight to the point. Mm-hmm. So, I think a couple of the people in the room have, have questions. They're like, "Is was it all just a joke? And someone's like, of course it wasn't a joke. And then someone's like, Whimsy, Lord Whimsy's seen so many queer things. Like, this is this is in his wheelhouse. Like, bet this was nothing to him. Like, this was just a, you know, a Sunday to him. I'm just saying words. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he starts to explain what had happened. And basically it starts with Varden had also known Lauder. I don't know. No, sorry. Excuse me. Whimsy. Lord Peter Whimsy had also known Lord Lauder. He's yeah. just like a rich, you know lordship dude so he had been in new york and had gone to have dinner with lauder at his house and i think he they they had talked or maybe they had seen each other somewhere and lauder had mentioned that he was going to europe right and then whimsy had been in a uh in a passport office or something like that and had heard people them uh some people discussing that lauder had just booked a trip to australia and so I think Lord Peter Whimsy goes, are you sure? Like, I swear he was just talking about Europe. And the guy goes, no, no, no. Like, he came in here, like, literally today, this morning, asking about Australia. And so they go, maybe he's going to Europe via or via Australia. But it just... That doesn't it, make any sense. It gets the wheels turning in Lord Peter Whimsy's head about, like, yeah, okay, what's going on? Do you have any, like, thoughts about where this where this is going now or... Uh, well, I'm assuming that this guy was going to Australia to off Varden, right? So Varden and Lauder are in the same house for three weeks, then Varden's flying to Australia. And so Lauder is also going to fly to Australia and kill him there. That's I don't know. Thought. Maybe. Okay. I'm, I'm just getting it clear what you're saying. <laughs> it sounds kind of dumb when I hear it back. Well, but... I'm just getting it clear what you're saying. Because <laughs> also, like... Lord Peter Whimsy comes into the house and is like, "You need to get out of here now, or you won't leave. You won't be. Able, you won't ever leave this house either." I'm just questioning. But isn't logic. that way, way, way longer down the road? Like, it's three weeks. No. Maybe I have the timelines messed up. So Varden t- goes to his place. Yeah. The first time he goes to his place, he t- he mentions that he's doing a. Um, no, this is the second time. Yeah, this is the second. Oh, okay, time. okay, okay, okay. The second time he goes there, he's it's because he has a vacation from filming stuff in Australia. No, he's... Yes and no. He doesn't need to start in Australia for another three weeks. And so he was filming a movie in New York. He goes to visit this okay. guy for three weeks. And then he was he was going to Australia. Right. But so Whimsy is finding this weird because Lauder had just told him he was going to Europe. And now he's finding out from the passport office that he had gotten a passport or he'd gotten something to go to Australia. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, what's going on there? And so he gets an appointment or he goes to see Lauder at his house for dinner and like chats him up about what's going on. And he definitely says that he's going to Europe via Paris, like, you know, boat, taking a boat to Paris. Yeah. Not Australia. Okay. I don't know what's going on then. Fair enough. Yeah. Unless he's, he's trying to catch up to Varden because Varden has already left, right? Okay. No. It, it, this is before... Varden hasn't even stayed there for three weeks yet. Whimsy is getting all this information before Varden okay. has arrived. Okay, okay. Maybe like the day before he arrived. All right. So, so Whimsy is at Whimsy is at Lauder's house for dinner, and so Lauder is telling him all about that Varden's coming to stay with him. 
Right. Because Whimsy doesn't know this yet, obviously. He's he's just heard this whole Australia thing. That's all he knows. And so he's hearing that Varden's kind of stay and they're going to do this, like, you know, athletic sculpture pose thing. And then he's going he's going to a movie in Australia. And then he had, uh, Lauder's kind of saying he had wished to do this this sculpture before, but then, you know, the war started and everything. Yeah. And he... So they're they're in they're in the smoking room together. This is Lord Peter Whimsey and the sculptor Lauder, mm-hmm. and he's lolling on that weird couch with the woman on it. And Whimsy says he just catches the most evil glint in his eye, and he's like caressing the back of the neck of this sculpture and like looking at it like a creep. And so at that point, that's when he kind of like gets an inkling that something bad is happening. Like what's going on? Yeah. But. Again, he doesn't have all the information. And so, he, you know, piecing things together is like, he's not sure what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think Whimsy disses this sculpture and is like, it's too thick. Like, you didn't do it right. And Lauder gets upset and he's like, it was my first time. Like, I'll get it right the next time. Like, okay. That kind of thing. And so he goes, they go to bed and Whimsy says this, this was lucky that this happened because otherwise I'm sure I wouldn't have known anything. But that night, the butler had given him a hot water bottle and it had burst, like the it had come uncorked. And mm-hmm. so he had woken up at 2 a.m. soaked from this hot water bottle and the sheets and the mattress, everything was soaked. And so he'd gotten up and all that was in the room was a like a armchair. And so he was like, I don't think I can sleep in that. But maybe he remembers... The creepy sculpture? No, in the uh, the guy's workroom, there was a couch okay. that he could lie down on. Not the creepy sculpture, but another couch. So he goes to the workroom or the studio and gets set up on the couch and he's like, you know, getting all cuddled up when he hears a noise. And then out of one of the cupboards in the workroom, water comes out of. Okay. And then he goes and checks like a picture that he has on an easel in his workroom, which is clearly like that athlete sculpture, the the drawings for it of what he's gonna do. Yeah. And he like laughs maniacally and leaves the room. Is this making sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Okay. So Whimsy at this point is like Okay, he, he says to the people in the room, he's like, I know, so I don't think any of us could have had this happen where someone laughs maniacally and we don't do anything about it. Like, I wanted to know what was in that cupboard. Yeah. And so he he goes over, I think he checks the that easel with the picture on it and looks at the drawings, like, yeah, that's like the athlete, like, or the, you know, the sculpture. And then he goes over to the cupboard and he opens, and opens it and it's like, clearly a man couldn't fit in here. Or like, there's nothing a man can do. And so he realizes that it must have a like spring door, like a panel that opens up. Right, right, right. He feels around for like the spring latch or whatever that's called, gets the door open, it swings inside, and it opens up to a flight of stairs. Right. Okay, Michael, what is at the bottom of the stairs? Well, I was going to say the body, but the body is in the sculpture, right? Mm Mm-hmm. He he touched the sculpture's neck before, right? Yeah. Did he like beat her on the back of the neck with a hammer or something? And there's like a bloody hammer? Oh, God. I hope not. This was years ago. You Wait, think he what? has an entire secret room he just where he just has a bloody people? hammer? <laughs> what do you mean this is years ago? Like, he he theoretically killed the woman years ago. Oh, really? Because it's during the war. The war is however many years long. Okay. Okay, so bottom of the stairs. Shh, calm down. It's fine. High signal to noise ratio. Bottom of the stairs. You're yelling. <laughs> yeah so he gets to the bottom he's going he, obviously it's going to go down the bottom of the stairs but like 
What's he gonna find? What's he gonna find? So your your best guess is a bloody hammer. I hey. <laughs> He's gonna find uh, a package of tea from today's sponsor. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> um, we don't have a sponsorship yet, but if you do want to sponsor this show, I'm open. Email me at Tuesday Night Mystery Club at gmail.com. <laughs> What's he gonna find at the bottom of the stairs? He could literally find anything. I know, but I guess like to me it was like, oh, of course it's this thing, and I. I thought you'd see too. I'll just tell you. It's fine. No, how about I think for the next half hour? No, none of us want that. I'll just tell you. So he gets down to the bottom of the stairs. Of course, there's another secret door. So he feels around the side. <laughs> so you could have guessed that. Damn it, I should have guessed the box within a box. <laughs> <laughs> then he's going to find a cardboard box. And then inside that door was the bloody <laughs> And inside the cardboard box was another cardboard box. <laughs> So inside that room, I think he's, he finds a light switch, and it's a giant vat of brown liquid with copper coils in boxes outside, connected oh. to electricity, so that he can plate copper the plate the bodies. Damn it. Yeah, Michael. <laughs> Behind two secret doors. <laughs> yeah. It's real exciting stuff. So he sees all of this, and he basically realizes what's happened. Right. And so he doesn't want to be there too long. He kind of just investigates. He wipes everything in case, like, anything he could have touches of fingerprints, but no one will know he's down there. Goes back up, you know, shuts everything down. And obviously he's not going to sleep on that couch because he doesn't want Water to have any idea that he saw any of this happen. He still slept there that night? No, he doesn't. Oh, in the house? Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Well, he's not after... He knows he's not after him. I Well, I guess he doesn't know. But then he goes to the sculptor and finds that it, ha- like, it has the one shorter toe. Oh. And he double checks and he kind of realizes... He's like, that's why it's so thick. It's because it's on a real body. Like that kind of thing. And so he realizes... And so he sleeps in the armchair that night, not in the wet bed. And then he gets out of there. Not in the creepy sculpture either? No. Oh, weird. Sorry, excuse me. You would have chosen creepy sculpture over, like, literally anything. The I floor. I mean, this dude chose to sleep at a place where he knew somebody murdered somebody else, so... Okay. All right. But okay. No, 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 no. You know someone's murdered someone. You're going to continue to sleep in that house. You choose Why? to sleep on the dead body is what you're saying? No. You don't choose to sleep there. Ugh, okay, fine. This dude's insane. We can agree to disagree. All right. <laughs> this guy may as well just off himself and jump into the plating bath. No. Okay. So. Okay. So he finds a secret compartment with the body plating stuff. And then he sleeps where? Just in his He goes back to his bedroom and sleeps in an ch- upright chair. Oh, okay. okay. Sleeps in the murder house. Got it. So then he starts to kind of explain what what had happened. So he, he or, okay, so Whimsy's not sure exactly what's going to happen, but he knows something's going to happen. And so he wants to, he knows he needs to kind of protect people. So I think he starts, either he shadows the house or he gets his butler to shatter, shadow the house. Okay. And he kind of does some like investigative work and he finds that at some point, I think the day before Varden was supposed to leave for Australia, Lauder telegrams or they call it cablegram i'm sure there's a difference cablegrams to australia pretending to be varden and says i'll um something happened i'll be out on a later boat oh okay mm-hmm. so he also finds in the workroom a stamp 
that you would use for stamping passports to prove they're legit. I see, I see, I see. Okay, so what do you, now, how are you feeling? What's going to happen? What do you think? I mean, didn't he just solve it? Yeah, but put it, put it into words. What's, what's Lauder going to do? Okay, so Lauder had uh, like a passport stamp forger thing. Mm -hmm. And he's cabled to Australia saying... And he, yeah, has said that he... Varden's going to be late. Right, right, right. Has impersonated Varden that he's going to be late. Also, Varden at this point during the story goes, By Jove! I remember being told something about a cablegram, but I thought it was just the, the General Electric, Western Electric people messing up. Mm. That's my um, Varden accent. I thought that was your 1920s accent. Oh, okay, sure. Why I gotta... <laughs> so, I, I'm confused why he would just say that, he, like, why he wouldn't just cancel. If he was going to kill him. Mm. Right? Why didn't he just say, sorry, I can't make it. GG. So, so Lauder's at his house. Varden comes to stay with him for three weeks. And then suddenly Varden doesn't show up in Australia. And where are the police going to look for Varden? Yeah, I know that, but I, okay, so what's he going to do, like, impersonate him to, and go to Australia, and then... Maybe. Don't passports have your picture? Yeah, but it's 1928. You're right, anything going to fly. <laughs> they both have dark brown hair, and they're white. I assume it doesn't So he's going to go to Australia and impersonate him while this dude just rots in his plating bath? Yeah. Okay, that's the move? Well, that's my guess. Let's, let's finish the story together. All right, all right. Then Lord Peter Whimsy kind of goes into, so I, I, when I realized the servants had been sent out and it was the day before, I think, like, there was something else. I just realized, like, I needed to do something, like, was now or never. Oh, oh, no, once he realized the cablegram had been sent out, he was like, okay, I got to act now. Yeah. So he gets into, that's when he picks a lock, goes into the house, gets Varden to get the heck out of there. And then that, he doesn't leave right away. He goes to find what's going on in that secret room. And oh. Because Lauder had said he was out, but he was not. He had just been preparing in that secret room this whole time. I see. So he goes down there with a pistol ready. And he gets into the room, surprises Lauder, who is obviously pissed off. Like, he's in the middle. I think his hands are covered in charcoal, and he's, like, holding the copper wires or something. Anyone who knows how this stuff works is going to be like, oh, yes, yes. Why would anybody know? How this I don't works? know. I don't know. I'm that's why I'm describing it, but I don't know what's going on. Okay, so Peter Whimsy gets in there, or Lord Whimsy gets in there, and he kind of like tells Lauder like the show's up, and then Lauder like clearly gets mad, switches off all the lights so that can't Whimsy can't know where to shoot, and then he could hear him lunging for him, and then he, Whimsy says he hears the worst scream he's heard in his life, worse than any scream he heard in all the war, because. Lauder had tripped over one of the copper wires and fallen into the vat of cyanide, basically. How and ironic. Whimsy goes, and as you all know, cyanide is one of the most painful and effective ways to die. So he did. So he did. And he, I think when he's eventually found, his hands have been copper plated because of the charcoal. I see. So I guess the idea is you cover your whole body in charcoal and then, I don't know, wrap it in copper wires and put it in this vat with like, oh, oh, when, when Whimsy had gone to turn on the lights, he had flipped all the switches trying to find the lights. and had, <laughs> He had zapped him. him. Yeah, had zapped him. <laughs> yeah, that's how it happened. Uh, and then Bunter, the butler, Lord Peter Whimsy's butler, comes in and they clean everything up, make sure there's no fingerprints and basically peace out. 
Oh, and nice. it's just assumed to be an accident. Because they're like, it'd look real bad if we were known to be there with a pistol. So we got out of there. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, whatever, whatever happens in the smoking room stays in the smoking room and no one tells the story ever again. Sweet. Yeah, how do you, so how do you feel about it all? Oh, yeah, and then all the Australia stuff. Like, that was the plan, was he was going to go to Australia so that it looks like Barden had traveled to Australia and then he would disappear in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. And then he'd go to Europe or whatever. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, so this is, like, definitely a, a different type of story mm-hmm. than what we're used to with, like, the whodunit solve it. Yeah. Still a good story, just different. Yeah, it was fun. Okay, good. It was interesting. I, there's no way I would have uh, ordinarily guessed the um, the whole body plating thing. Yeah, no. No, neither would I. But it just, like, I don't know. It's just different. Yeah. So to everyone at home, I'd love to know what you think of this type of story because I have a whole book of Lord, or sorry, of Dorothy L. Sayers stories. So I can do this again if you're interested. Either, I don't know, message me on Instagram at Tuesday Night Mystery Club or send me an email at Tuesday Night Mystery Club at gmail.com. I would love to hear from people because I've had this email for months and no one sent me anything. So you should make me feel good. <laughs> um, also, generally just follow my Instagram, Tuesday Night Mystery Club, because I post great content. Right, Michael? Yeah. My pictures are gorgeous. How could you not like them? Impossible. Yeah. Professional photographer. Basically. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Well, I feel pretty good. I put myself up. What's what is the term? You gassed yourself up. Gas myself up, sure. Hype. Thanks for thanks for coming on again, Michael. Fourth time. Impressive. Still can't guess it, but four times <laughs> in. That's okay. Okay, fifth time. Fifth time we'll get it. We'll go back to an egg Christy for number five. No, nah, those are hard. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, thanks everybody. I hope you enjoyed and have a good week. Goodbye.